Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. Are you sending direct mail? Is your phone ringing off the hook with motivated seller calls? If it's not, it's probably because you're not marketing. One of my favorite ways to reach motivated sellers is by using direct mail. And the reason is, is I can target those who may have recently got a divorce or who have inherited a property from a death, um, and so on and so forth. I can also target high equity. I can target absentee owners. And it is a tried and true way to get your message out. And more importantly than that, to get your phone ringing. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail so you can see the exact mail provider that I use. I want to share them with you. They do letters and postcards. Letters as low as 59 cents and postcards as low as 39 cents. Mike and I send hundreds, if not thousands, of postcards and letters to motivated sellers in our market every single week. Reason is, is because it works, and we are going to continue to send direct mail because it works. So if you're not using a mail provider already, we want to share with you the company that we use and they will hook you guys up with special pricing. Mention David Dodge or Mike Slane when you contact them. Go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail to get more information. All right, analyzing deals. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about analyzing deals today. So... If you are brand new, yeah, how would you teach this to somebody? Perspective, absolutely. Uh, I guess the first thing when I'm brand new is the first thing that comes to mind is how much do I offer? I'm overwhelmed. Like, I don't know what's this property even worth. What's it worth? How do I know what it will be worth, or how to comp it? What does that even mean? I don't even think that really enters my mind. Is what it will be worth? It's just like, what is it worth? To somebody else, yeah. How am I going to sell? How do I get up? What can I sell it for? What should I buy it for? How do I profit off this? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, the first thing, first things first, you have to figure out. uh, In my opinion, is what the property will be worth. So almost always, start with the end in mind. Exactly. Almost always in this business, you're going to be buying properties that are distressed in some way. I mean, I would say almost 95% of our deals, Dave, are distressed properties, meaning there is something that needs to be repaired, something that needs to be updated um, or fixed. I mean, again, there's something is wrong with the house. Uh, could be uh, just landscaping, super, super overgrown. Could be um, the there's a hole in the roof and there's been water leaking in it for five years and it's just, just destroyed inside. Yep. Uh, could be something as simple as it's just outdated. 
So again, those are the nice ones. We call them like grandma houses when it just looks like a time capsule from the 1960s. Everything's in good shape, but it's just really, really old. So again, it's just not, um, it's not gonna pull the top value, the top market value. So what you need to do is envision that house in the best possible light. Yeah, highest and best use, basically. So what we do is we look at similar properties. They're called comps. So we look at comps that are the nicest properties, or not the nicest, but your kind of top dollar comps. So what could the best possible outcome be for this house? What's the most it could sell for? Not necessarily the the highest, though. Right, 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 right. You know, but like best. So let's say that you got. That's very. This is very important. Yeah, because let's say you got three houses on the street that have just been rehabbed, and they sell for two ninety, two ninety five, and three hundred. Okay, I look at that as, hey, you're pretty safe between two ninety and three hundred. So our ARV is two ninety five. Right, it's a safe bet. Or after repair value. It's not saying. Could I do more than these others and get it to 325? Well, yes. But then what ends up happening is you spend more money to get it there and you lose profits anyway. It's usually well, not worth it. So, yeah, just stick, and I w- I keep would it simple. S- I would say even more complicated than that is what's going to happen in real life. Right. You'll see 290, 295, 315, and then one that's at 360. Right. And then there's a bunch around like 270, 260s. Right. So then you're going to say, well, I think that. What's the most realistic outcome? Right. So 360 is possible. It is. But you're, but Absolutely you, possible. But, but you're not going to use that as your ARV because, right. quite frankly, no rehabber is going to come in and say, oh, you're right. One sold for 360. I'm going to go ahead and invest $300,000 in this house. Like investors are not gamblers. So we want to be confident in our decision that, yes, we can hit. Like Dave said, 295. 295 is a number I know I can hit when I invest in this property. So that's kind of how you figure out uh, what the after repair value is. So you have to compare it to the comps. The other thing about comps is you want to make sure you're comparing like properties. So you've got uh, different size square footages in the same area within a half a mile or less. You've got uh, different floor plans, different ages of different condition, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to make sure you're comparing things that are pretty similar, right? I mean, is there something else I'm kind of missing on that, Dave, that's just big and stands on your head? Not at all, Um, man. Yeah, so the size of the house, the lot, uh, and the condition. I mean, those are the three things that are going to, um, yeah, I mean, that are going to factor into the price of the property. Yep. So where do we find similar properties? We, one, uh, when we started, we used to have to have access to the MLS, or you could ask an agent. So we do that. Another one is uh, Zillow. Now, you're not going to just pull up Zillow and look at the Zestimates. Those are numbers that mm-hmm. Now, you can see the made. recently solds. That's where you're going to go in Zillow. Mm-hmm. Recently solds in Zillow is helpful. It's not going to have all the data in there, though. It's limited. It's not... It's. I'm not saying that you couldn't use it. You could. However... You would all. You always want to see the biggest picture, right? You want to see the most amount of comps and the most amount of data to get the most educated understanding of what it could be. It's always a guess, right? It's a guess because you don't know what it's going to be worth until it sells. But you can get a pretty good educated guess. So yeah, we love using PropStream. It'll comp properties uh, nationwide, which is really cool. Um, 
and it pulls the same data that our local MLS does and your local MLS does, whatever you, whatever city you're in, assuming it's U.S., right? So, you know, if you have MLS access and you're an agent or a broker, great. You already have the ability to run comps. Um, we both have access. Mike's actually a broker. I'm neither. However, we both use PropStream to run our comps because it's the same data. It's cleaner to, to look at and it's easier to use. And it's all in one place. What's almost embarrassing because, I mean, I am a broker and Dave, you're very uh, good at running comps too. I like PropStream because it gives you an estimated value that is usually pretty close pretty to, close. to yeah. the value that we come up with after we look at they all have a the other factors. Really good I don't know how they do good it. way of determining it. Or whatever yeah, it is. but it's very close. Yeah, they're very, very good. So we use PropStream. Uh check out uh do we have a link on Yeah, here? it's on the on the screen. Okay, cool. The bit.ly link. Make sure you know it is case sensitive. No, it's uh, not. Bitly links are. Uh, are they? Oh yeah. I did not know that. Oh yeah. Really? That's I'm not a big fan of bit.ly links. I don't think that. that that's the case, man. You sure? I promise you it's the Oh, case. I did not know that. Well, it's in the description anyway, though. Yeah, so. Click on the link. No big deal. Whatever. So okay. find that and PropStream, do we have, is there like a promo code we can offer? Uh, no, it's just a link. Just the link. But the link gives them a 14 or seven day free trial. Awesome. So make sure you use so that link. So you can get a free trial. And you can try it out if you want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's basically where you start, though. You find the ARV or what's determine the, it by running comps. Yeah. What's the, the highest possible, not the highest possible, but what's the best case? The best case. That an investor would most, agree with. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, most agreeable by, by by as many people as possible. Right. So knock out your top one or two, and you can throw out your even your bottom low two. I mean, you just Doesn't matter. You just do. You're, You're averaging gotta, it, and yeah, yeah. Basically, what is it going to be worth after we make these repairs? So you do that by finding comps. Now, Mike said... That we're going to find those comps and then we're going to use those to determine it. But we do want to take a second to talk about comps, right? When we run comps, we're looking for some very specific things, okay? We are looking for recent sales. You cannot pull comps that are eight years old. That's worthless. You got to look at the recent sales. Also, we are, we are searching by proximity, we don't want a property that's eight miles away. We are trying to find these comps that are close and they are recently sold. There's a couple other things that we look for, but I don't want to drill down too deep on this because it's not necessary. The only other things essentially that we look for are similar size, similar bed and bath count. You can't compare a two bed to an eight bed. Come on, got to be very similar. And then last but not least would be school district. So square footage, bed and bath count, which really is each of their own, but I cluster them. Yeah. And then and then last would be the school district. And school district something kind of specific here to St. Louis. And again, you're going to have to know your area just by It just depends. And that's the thing. And, it's Yeah, there's some There could be cities that are more that are worse, right? It's just School districts matter. It's important here. Yes. It is for us. It's very important. So, yeah, you want to look over those school district lines. All right. So we run our comps. So we, we find the like properties, guys, to then run, run our, our comps. comps. All right. So what's the next step in analyzing deals? Okay. So now that we have our ARV because we ran our comps and we know, hey, this property fixed up should be worth this amount. Okay. Once we have our ARV, we need to uh, use a simple formula to help us determine the offer. This is called the MAO formula. 
And the MAO formula is an acronym, or it's initials, for Maximum Allowable Offer. That's what an acronym is, isn't it? Isn't it? I think yeah, so. I think so. Acronym is that the makes initials. Sense. I'm, I'm like 90%. I say it all the time, so hopefully that's right. Yeah, I think that's what that is. Acronym. An Burr. abbreviation formed from the initial letters of other words. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's Maximum an acronym, baby. Allowable offer is an acronym. That's right. We got it. Learning here as we go. That's right. So we're going to use this simple formula to determine the maximum amount that we're going to offer. Now, we're typically not going to offer that amount. We're going to offer lower because the first word in that equation is maximum, and we don't really want to offer that right out the gate. We maybe want to offer that later or have wiggle room to get to that number. But in the beginning, we're going to offer less. So what does that, what does the MAO formula look like? Well, I'm going to spell it out. MAO equals your ARV multiplied by your discount rate minus your repairs and minus a wholesale fee if, in fact, you're wholesaling. So MAO equals maximum allowable offer. That's equal to the ARV or the after repair value, which you get from your comps, multiplied by a discount rate, which is typically going to be around 70%. Now, it varies a little bit, and we'll get into that. But for sake of simplicity and conversation, we're going to call that 70%. And then we're going to take out our repairs and then a wholesale fee if we are wholesaling. So in order to use this MAO formula, this maximum allowable offer formula, you need a couple variables. You need to have your ARV, which hopefully you start with. And you do so by you determine that number by running comps and finding similar recent solds that are very, very similar. Similar bed, similar bath within 100 or 200 square foot on the street or a street over, but very close. And that's going to be your ARV. Next, you're going to have to have or multiply that by a discount rate. We always default to 70 or 0.7%, 70%. However, it's a sliding scale and it can go down to as low as 10%. And it typically doesn't go higher than 80% though. There may be some sometimes when it does, but very, very rarely. Typically, though, we look at it like, you know, 60, 70, or 80, or even 75, somewhere in that range. But 70 is a good default to start, okay? We're going to leave it at that for simplicity. And then next, you're going to subtract out your repairs and your wholesale fee. So we're going to talk about the wholesale fee last. But the repairs is a variable that we're going to need to teach you, and you're going to need to learn. So... The repairs have a lot to do with the ARV you chose. If you are looking at properties that have ARVs between 110 and 160, and you are looking more towards the 110, well, that's probably a lot less repairs than the also the, the ones on the street that are 160. It's, it's just common sense, guys. So, and this is, uh, it, it takes a little bit of time to learn this. But you do, when you're running comps, you want to try to pull up and look at pictures of the property, how it's sold. So a 110 to a 160 here in St. Louis, that might be an area where... You could uh, have that on the same street, for sure. But you're going to have two totally different types of houses. That's between. my point. Yeah. So that might be an area where you're going to see uh, granite versus uh, just a, a regular... Home Depot. Uh, hoods, or whatever, countertop. Right. A cheap uh, laminate countertop. 
that might be that price point. Uh, it might be the difference between, um, you know, having a, a rehabbed house and not a rehabbed house, meaning it's it's in nice shape, but it's got, you know, some five-year-old appliances. It's all black appliances and, uh, you know, the cabinets look, they're in good shape, but not new uh, versus having someone who went and rehabbed it. So again, you have to, you have to look at some of the pictures and kind of figure out what's going on in those houses to, to uh, generate that sale price mm-hmm. or that value. So yeah. Yep. That's all, that was all I had to add on that. No, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, so the repairs sure. can vary depending on the ARV you chose. So in the, it's always a good, a good idea to kind of do your ARV and your repairs at the same time. And again, when you're running your comps, look at the high-end homes and those price points. Look at the mediocre. Like maybe they were rehabbed recently, so they're nice, but they didn't go all out. And you're going to find those price points. So when you're determining what you think yours is going to be worth in the end, also keep in mind that the cost to fix those to those different price points is going to be different. That's it. Keep it simple. So... When you are determining your repairs, it's going to have to do with how nice you envision it to be, and you're going to have to estimate that. Now, there's a couple ways that Mike and I just just dirty rule of thumb like to estimate the them. Cuff, uh, easy way to do it is based on your square foot, is what I'm going to say. So uh, we take for maybe a low end rental rehab, we'd say maybe it's going to cost us fifteen dollars. Per square foot, right? So if we got a thousand square foot house, say fifteen dollars per square foot to rehab it, that's going to be a fifteen thousand dollar repair repair budget. And again, that is low. That is that is uh, we've done this over a hundred times in the Burr method, uh, where we buy, rehab, rent, refinance, etc. And fifteen thousand is pretty close to our average that we spend on properties. So I mean, that's a pretty good idea. For a rent ready, uh, rent ready property. For a rent ready guys, but that yep. is that is a very cost effective rehab too. We are we are pretty good, or we like to think we're pretty good at saving money mm-hmm. and cutting corners, but still getting a pretty high quality product when we're we're finished with it. Yep. Uh, so that's the the square foot multiplier, and that's fifteen for a rent ready. This can go up for a retail ready to twenty five dollars a square foot for you know kind of a mid grade rehab. 25 to $40 a square foot. For a high-end rehab, you could spend 60 to $75, $80 a square foot. That's right. Uh, for gutting a property down to the studs, if it needs a full rehab, you might even spend upwards of $100 a square foot. I mean, if you're gutting it to the studs, high-end. High-end, high-end, gutting yeah. it down. It, it could be. That's high. That's it could be, high. though. That's real high. It could but... easily be that, though. I mean, I basically did that on my own house. There you go. Example. So, but yeah, I mean, typically we're looking anywhere from 15 to 50. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really accurate range. Is it ever less than 15? In very rare circumstances. If it needs paint and carpet, maybe 10 a foot. Yeah, but I mean, even that, guys. I There's mean, always going to be something that you're going to have to do. So, either way, though, the first and easiest way, I'd say not easiest, but most accurate would be the square foot multiplier. Mm-hmm. So you take the square footage of the property and you multiply it by 15, 20, 25, 30, 40, 45, 50, whatever it is. And you can determine that with experience um, and or by getting somebody that knows what they're doing to come out and give you a bid. Okay? So that's the first way, the square footage. The second way 
is the rule of fives. And it's not as accurate, but it's easier, right? So it depends on what you're going for. But if you're just trying to like get a quick estimate from the hip, and you're okay if it's five grand off, but you want to know, hey, is this property going to be 15 grand or 50? This is a great approach. So everything in that property that needs to be fixed, that's big, a big item is five grand. And if it's a really big item, then double it. It's 10 grand. So a roof, depending on the size of the house, is it a 1,000 square foot house or a 2,000 square foot house? Five grand or 10 grand for the roof. Does it need a kitchen? Minimum of five grand if it's very small. If it's a big house, it's going to be a $10,000 kitchen. Bathroom, five grand. The whole house needs flooring, five grand. Does the whole house need paint? Five grand. Okay? Typically, I'll include my lighting fixtures with my paint because paint isn't going to cost you that well, much. Well, and like we said, so you're figuring maybe a little high on that, but guess what? You're probably a little low on, on the kitchen. five grand for, yeah, exactly, or the roof. for a bathroom or a roof. Right. So, again, it just it works out. So five grand, five grand, five grand. It's an easy way when you're walking through a house, especially, Love to it. come up with those numbers. So, no, it's great. And, and yeah, it, it ends up being a pretty good rule of thumb. So, so we call that to... the rule of five. Mm -hmm. Five for small items, ten for large. So, again, a kitchen. It could be five. It could be ten. Is it big? Is it small? That's going to be your difference in materials and labor if it's twice the size. So the rule of fives is just a great way to walk through house and just say, hey, we need windows. That's going to, you know, windows and a roof. That's five grand. We need, we need a bathroom. That's five grand. We have a big kitchen. That's going to be 10. So now we're at 20. We got to do paint and light fixtures. That's five. And we need flooring. That's another five. So we're at 30, 35 grand. That's our estimate. Now we're going to be more accurate doing a square footage approach. But if, again, if I'm just trying to determine, hey, does this place need 15 or 50? Off the hip, to get an idea, the rule of fives is a great way because you can also talk to the seller on the phone or via text or whatever. You don't have to go there and, or look at photos to determine the rule of fives, how many rules, how many fives are, seeing, are needed. Is there a third approach that we teach, Mike? I can't remember. I don't think so. I feel like that's basically the, the simplest way. I mean, there, we've, we've also got cost spreadsheets available where we kind of say, okay, this is what this costs, this is what this, and you can go through line by line. That is. That's the third approach. Uh, and that's probably the most accurate. And that's a repair estimate sheet that, yeah. we, that we provide in our but course. That one, again, it's just it's very time-consuming. And quite frankly, for a uh, a newer wholesaler or newer, newer investor, it's probably not quite worth the time uh, because what we what – we, well, I guess the other third way or the fourth way would be is to get someone else's opinion, which is uh, bring in a rehabber. Uh, yeah, who, get, who get might, a bid. Who might be your Get a buyer. quote. Exactly. Get a quote. Call a rehab company, a, a, uh, a construction company that, will, that does this type of work or a handyman or whatever it is. Have them come out and give you an estimate. Get a bid. Usually they're free, but if you abuse that power and you have somebody go give you 15 estimates, they're going to probably stop giving estimates for free and charge. But even if you have to pay somebody $100 to have them come out to help you with that number, that's okay. You want to get these numbers right. So the two things that you really can't screw up is your ARV and your repairs. Because if you do screw up either one of those, the equation's off. So you want to be as close to the ARV as you possibly can get. And that's a guess. We get it. But you can get skilled at guessing very close, right? As well as the repairs. If your ARV's off 20 grand 
and your repairs are off 20 grand, that could be the difference of a $50,000 offer or more, 60, 70, 80, because you're multiplying that ARV by a percent. All right. So to recap, MAO, maximum allowable offer, equals your after repair value, your ARV, multiplied by 70%, your discount rate, which has a little bit of a sliding scale based upon basically just the neighborhood or the part of town. Uh, then you subtract out your repairs. And then last but not least, your wholesale fee. So the wholesale fee equation is a whole different equation. Same equation, just you take out the wholesale fee as well. But the reason that I want to pause for a quick second is, is this MAO formula is what most investors are looking to buy at. So without the wholesale fee. So if you're able to go get a deal under contract and you're either at or below your maximum allowable offer, assuming your ARV is correct, and you multiply it by 70% and you subtracted out your repairs, that's basically what Mike and I would be willing to pay for a rental or a flip in our area all day long. But if you're wanting to wholesale it, you got to then take off even more money because you have to be able to sell it to me, right? So ideally, you're going to take off another ten dollars or $15,000, maybe less, maybe more, off of that number, which makes your maximum allowable offer go down even more. Okay? So investors, landlords, rehabbers, we're willing to pay ARV times 70% minus repairs. But as a wholesaler, you have to add that additional fee, which you're going to subtract off of it, to get your MAO. And that could be five, 10, or 15 grand. So that's the explanation. I'm gonna pass it off to Mike. Mike, once we determine our ARV, we multiply it by our discount rate, mm -hmm. we subtract our repairs, and we subtract our wholesale fee, we are left with an MAO. Perfect. So now what? So now we know the maximum. That's the key word there. That we can offer the seller. So let's just say that our that number comes out to you. Haven't given any examples, right? Nope. Let's just say that our maximum that number comes out to a hundred thousand dollars. That would be the most that we could offer and still wholesale that property for our uh, profit for our wholesale fee. So we would not want to start there. We do not want to start offering $100,000. We have to come off of that number with our offer. We would probably want to go down to, uh, I would say, uh, maybe another 10000 85000 yeah. 90000 yeah. I mean, eighty five to $90,000. You're going to want to come back off of that number, again, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 for a couple reasons. One, this gives you some buffer room in your repair estimates. That's, so I love new, that. If you're new in this, you probably aren't to the dollar on your rehab numbers yet. So mm. this is going to help you with that. It's going to give you a little bit of extra negotiation room when you're selling your wholesale deal. Yeah. Let's say you estimated at 30, but it's 36 and you only have a $5,000 wholesale fee involved. You're going to be upside down in that. So exactly. I love that. So have, have a, add a wholesale fee and it gives you padding if you were to screw up the numbers elsewhere. Love it. You also, when you're underneath your maximum allowable offer, that gives you some room More to, go, to go back and negotiate with the seller. Right. Because that seller probably isn't going to like that offer either. Nope. And everyone knows, wants to negotiate, right? So everybody, everybody wants does. to say, oh, you, well, you know, I really wanted 100. You said 90. Can you do 95? You know, or something like that. Everybody wants to 
uh, to kind of meet in the middle and do stuff like that. So it always makes sense to come in lower than what you really can do just so you can come up a little bit. Absolutely. And again, Even if that coming up is only a thousand or two thousand bucks, nobody likes dealing with people that aren't willing to budge. Your objective here, again, and we talk about this as a totally separate topic, but you're trying to make a friend to begin with. Yeah. And you want to be, I mean, again, you just want to be a decent person, too. Right. Like, you're trying to help this person out. So, again, you want to be able to play ball. You know, you don't want to. You're already buying at a massive discount. Don't worry about a couple grand. But, but it's good to not make your max offer. And here's, from the get-go, here's why. Because then you don't have any wiggle room to negotiate in the event that you're really close. You came in guns blazing with your best offer first. And that's a terrible idea. You want to save that best offer because if you have to come up any, you now have wiggle room, right? That's it. Yeah, that's pretty that's much it. it. So that's maximum allowable offer. Uh, that's basically how we analyze deals. Dave, you have anything else you want to add on the topic? Or let's go ahead and wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, that's about it, guys. I mean, again, start with the end in mind, the the after repair value. So you're looking at this house that you're driving for dollars, and it's got gutters falling off, and it looks like it could be a great home again, but it needs work. Don't look at the current condition. Look at what it would be worth fixed up, and then work your way backwards. So determine what it would be worth by running comps like, near, as similar as possible, and most recent as possible, okay, to find your ARV. And then, d- d- depending on what ARV you chose, that's going to give you a level of repairs, a you know, level of high grade, low grade, or medium grade. Figure out what that grade is, and then multiply that grade times your cost per foot, and now you have your variables. So take your ARV, multiply it by your discount rate, defaulted at 70% if you're new. Subtract out your repairs, and then, and then add a wholesale fee in there as well if you're new. And that's your MAO, and then discount that MAO a little bit. You may not have to come off that MAO 20% if it's a low number, but don't offer that number. No, that is the max you can pay in three or six or 12 months from now if it takes that long for them to be willing to work with you. So start low. You don't have to go way low, but I'd say a minimum of three to five grand less, minimum. We usually come in anywhere from five to fifteen thousand below that, and it gives us more wiggle room to come up because they typically don't like your offer to begin with, and that's that's about it. It's analyzing deals, guys. Thanks. Signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.